Good evening, dummies. Episode 251. Don't leave. Yes, I called you dummies. Please don't be upset by that. All the people online, we've been having an amazing conversation. It's wonderful to hear them. I'm going to give you my take tonight on Veterans Day. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. This is episode 251. Veterans Day is very important to me, and so are veterans. However, there is a disconnect. I get asked this question more than anything. What do I say to a veteran? Do I say thank you? Do I say never forget? I'm going to talk about that tonight. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what veterans go through and why we are the way we are. Not everyone, but most of us. Stay tuned. It's going to be a good show tonight. All those dummies on there. I'll tell you what dummies means in a second. And I'll be back with all of your comments live after the show. So stick around. We'll be right back. from an undisclosed location. Always honest, always direct. So sit back, relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now. Holy crap, I feel myself getting sick. I don't know what's going on here. Hold on, what is wrong with my just better? I'm feeling sick. My daughter has strep. I think I'm getting it. Not good. Not good. But the good news is my wife has it too because, well, you can figure that out. Folks, welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. What do we do here? Well, we talk about stuff. We've been talking for almost two hours already, and it's fantastic. I love the dummies. They make every night enjoyable, and I can't say no to them. No matter how just crazy they're being, I still love them unequivocally. Tonight, we said we're going to talk about 251, but first, I owe you an explanation. What are dummies? Dummies are you, the listeners, the dum-dums, the dummies. What do you do? Well, you're the don't unfriend me's, the D-U-M's. It's an acronym. It's not an insult. The deplorables come from uh, Hillary Clinton and Barstool Sports talked about the stoolies. So we have the dummies. It is a auspicious title, one that you should revel in. Be a dummy. Don't be a dum-dum, whatever you do. Also, if you would do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe, you can find me at, at Don't Unfriend Me Show. Type it into Google. You'll find all my social handles, but Twitter, which is The Dumb Show. You can also go to don'tunfriendme.com and find the latest and greatest shirts. We have the Let's Go Brandon shirt, which is a top seller. And then this well-endowed lass wearing the 13 star. Hats are coming soon. I just got the 13 star design. It looks great. Patches are coming soon, and I'm working on Bottle Breacher to give us a cool, cool little 50 caliber bottle opener. That's enough for me pilfering my advertising dollars with you folks, and thank you for listening to that. Stop by DonutFriendMe.com and take a look. Last but not least, and I promise this is it, like, share, and subscribe if you would not mind. It keeps the lights on and allows you to find out when I come on live and follow me and have a bunch of fun on the site. Let's get into the show tonight. This is a perspective based on my own accord. Please enjoy. Tell us you don't know what Veterans Day means without telling us you don't know what it means. Mr. Joseph S. Pete. I know you didn't mean to write a headline that is devoid of truth, and I'm sure you wanted to generate an emotional reaction in your readers, and more importantly, your non-readers. So they click into your article and find a helpful list of chicaneries that amends the contents of your article. So I won't berate your efforts, but I will correct them 
because this day is important and it is one that we should not even be necessary in our country. And let me tell you why. Your article was titled, Veterans Day Means Complimentary Meals and Other Freebies for Vets. Now, I know and knew when I read this article, it dawned on me that you were trying to convey an entirely different message altogether. No harm, no foul. Your article focused on the discounts local businesses and national chains offer to veterans across America on this day. From free meals, free burgers, free train rides, free breakfast, free haircuts, and so many others. Your actions were laced in good intentions, but your title left a lot to be desired and honestly reflects nothing about Veterans Day and more about others' reactions to veterans and how they celebrate their service, not what Veterans Day is actually about. And you can research Armistice Day, look at Wikipedia to find the answer, and you could even reflect on a family member's service to try and capture the essence of this day and the true meaning intended for this day. So in spirit of honesty and accountability, let me help fix the gotcha headline of your article so will it will align with the truth. We wouldn't want to conflate the actual meaning of Veterans Day with a shopping spree at the local eateries or a 10% discount on a hammer at Home Depot. Both are as arbitrary to veterans as trying to explain service to those who haven't served. It isn't that there is an air of superiority about our service. It is just almost impossible to put into words. Many have tried, and I do not think anyone has fully encapsulated the true definition of service and veteran sacrifice to this great land. I'll take a stab at it. The title of your article should have stated, America is uncomfortable with what to say to veterans who served and often struggle with the awkwardness of not knowing how to convey their personal gratitude. Now, that would have been an article I would have loved to read. It isn't that America is wrong to celebrate veteran service, and it also isn't that veterans do not want to tell you what their experience was like. It is just that we feel as awkward as you sometimes do. Not all. I would never stand up here and speak for all veterans, but most of us feel our gaze drop to our feet and we lower our voice and simply say, thank you, sir or ma'am. And it isn't to be coy or indifferent. It is just not something we're used to. So the internal conflict you struggle with, what to say, is the same for us. And that is the bridge that will bring us together because relatable experiences sow the seeds of union. That commonality is where we should all start. So first off, a veteran isn't a hero. We never see ourselves this way. We believe in service. But that isn't why we necessarily answered the call. Some of us had little to no other options. Some of us were persuaded to join. Heck, we may have needed the signing bonus or the college money looked too good to pass up. But most of us, we joined because we knew we could do it and wanted to prove to ourselves that we are as strong as our fathers, grandfathers, and lines immersed in service to this great country. But most importantly and honestly, None of us knew what to expect. We watched the movies and read books and saw the training videos, but none of us knew our own limits and how to push ourselves past them. This is the journey that every vet beset themselves upon when they enlisted. 
The time when you sign a contract that literally gambles your life away on the whim of a body of politicians who will never see the field of battle isn't when it hits you. Maybe when you take the bus in the dead of night to a cold steel base where they turn soft tissue into the aforementioned material. It isn't when you see your hair hit the floor with a fresh shave or when they strip you of your possessions. It isn't even when you saw a hundred men enter the processing station and a hundred men of the exact same person exited shortly after. It wasn't the first time an RDC or drill sergeant ran us up and down the hallways and leaned us 13 degrees from center from north as we tried to distance ourselves from their breath of stale cigarettes and thick black coffee. All of these times and more had their impact, but none of us knew we had self-doubt until the very night we all discovered we did. As 1,000 eyeballs all stared up at the concrete ceiling, every recruit failed to fall asleep that night. We all had variant discoveries. Some missed their family. We reflected on dropping out of college. We wept over a sweetheart who would soon be in the arms of some Jody, or we quietly tried to convince ourselves that we would never break, we would never relent, and that tomorrow would be different. Well, I'm here to tell you it wasn't, and it never would be again. The same? That is the only description I can attach to the military. Every day is uniquely different. The learning, the pace, the emotions, the wins, the losses, but there is always an overarching cadence to the days. Like a forced march that never stops, but the scenery changes. It's always the same. From the intense changes your mind and body experience, a steady drumbeat of change that never stops and always is louder than your thoughts to resist or refuse the instruction. From weapon systems to gig lines to the chain of command to the first standing order, every person next to you is your family, and that definition will never mean the same thing again. Family is the lifeblood of your brothers and sisters in arms, and nobody can ever or will ever come between that. And to be quite direct, understand it. As we honed our bodies to perfection, we also found another side that wasn't normal in most people, a strong desire to face the enemy that we were preparing for. No matter who that may be, we were going to be ready. We were going to win when that day came, but all the while not realizing that a thousand other young men from another country were thinking the same exact thing. It's profound now, but it escaped all of us at the time. Sleep wasn't a necessity, it became a commodity, just like a packet of sugar at breakfast or an extra hour on Sunday to read or write letters from home. Freedom wasn't something you took for granted until it was gone. But none of us wanted to stop. It was addicting. The regiment, the strength, it almost felt like we were being transformed into the unstoppable, unstoppable or the unkillable. And this was also something that went undiscovered and found to be false much later. As we jumped from planes and repelled from choppers, as we swam with our hands and feet bound, as we navigated the crucible, as we marched and drilled our bodies and minds into the ground, we slept restlessly and did it all again the next day. When we separated and stood for three hours straight, we were then considered men and women of the armed forces. We had names again. We had titles. We had achieved honor. At what cost? We didn't care. It was worth it, if not inconsequential after the process. We wanted more. 
As we went to our A schools and dove into our rates and MOSs, we had to really sew different muscles all together. As we were molded not to think in boot camp, we were then asked to use our newfound skills to solve complex problems, high-stress situations, and always with one purpose in mind, to destroy the enemy without remorse, and to finish our mission successfully. After six weeks to almost a year and a half depending, we were once again sent off apart, but always together in kindred spirit. With the departure comes familiarity, to depart from our family, only to understand that we would soon expand our network of like-minded servicemen and women in the coming days. It wasn't time for morose thought, only the next mission. Boarding the plane with our gear in tow, some of us went stateside and some of us deployed into the great vastness of the world. It mattered not. There are two types of people in the military, combat personnel and support personnel. They are both essential for the mission, and it takes three support personnel to deploy one combat-ready soldier, sailor, airman, or marine. It is the ebb and flow of the military, and although we may jab each other from time to time in private, we never disparage the dedication to service we all navigated together. The sights, the smell, the unfamiliarity of overseas service, the strange people who all have done your job and look at you like a recruit yet again, But this time you understand the need. You understand what to do. Your job is the focus, and you are going to spend months unlearning all the shit you just learned because there is stateside military and then deployed military, and they are two uniquely and polar things to each other. From your first night crawling across the quarterdeck as you stand or try to barely with a recognizable salute to the first time trying not to smile with your buddies at the Circle Bar in Australia, it is one big experience that is unique in its loneliness and endless counting until you get to head home once again. The aches and pains seem more profound overseas, the detachment almost like an appendage. It is the time of your life, but there is that scratch you can never itch that tells you that you don't belong, and that you never will here. The remedy is the soothing essence of home and the longing for something on the tip of your tongue that you can't quite recall. When the bullets hiss and pop, when the explosions get closer with every throbbing heartbeat, as you see members of your team be cut down without rhyme or reason, that is when the music stops. You never get clean. The stickiness, the slick-like coating that is always around you. The water tastes like diesel. The air is ever too thin. The food never quite fills the holes. And everything has sand or dirt attached to it. Everything becomes anesthetized and somehow detached. Almost like everything is yards away and is muffled, but deafening at the same time. The days blend into hot and cold uncomfortable and even more uncomfortable and the only thing that you have to cling to are your brothers and sisters because always you're going through this together from limbs missing from people who were once believed to be made of steel to the mind ripping stress and concussive force of the natural and unnatural permeates into the once thought impervious cortex we realize our own humanity And that is something we were never trained to negotiate. It is the unscalable obstacle for every veteran. Coming home isn't easier. There is a rift between the ones who saw combat and those that didn't. It was the first rift experienced in our newfound family that we could not understand unless you were there. 
The hands were always present. The claps on the back, the hoorah, the hoorah, the hoorah, and the hoo-yahs were abundant. But the ears needed from the ones who went through it were never able to share it. And those that would listen were not really able to understand. Some went back. Some of us never wanted to go again. Some of us reveled in its simplicity and the ultimate complexity ignored. And some of us just simply quit. For the first time, we surrendered to our mortality and accepted that we were not meant for this life. No judgment, no questions. Everyone understood. And nobody blamed anyone for the path they chose because we all knew the day was coming for all of us. That all of us would someday go home. It was the details that were cloudy. Whether we were standing, rolling, or being carried was the only unknown. Transition is the hardest part as we long for the home front and need its warm embrace. It somehow felt disconnected from our memories of yesteryear. Not artificial, but maybe ignorant of what is happening in another world so far away. And how our mind was over there and our bodies were over here. The skill sets required for the work are not easy. The adjustment to civilian life is the biggest challenge we faced. The life we once were so ill-suited for to begin with is even more of a challenge after service. We left for various reasons. We joined for many others, but we all shared that civilian life didn't scan for us. It didn't register. And after years of dedicated service, we were right back where we started. But this time, the basic fundamentals that we once understood we now replaced with unacceptable dispositions to societal norms. Barracks talk, acronyms, directness, eager anticipation to get started, the blank stares, the inability to deal with bullshit. None of this is conducive to the corporate environment, and most of us left with a bag on our back and returned with another bag on our back that was ill-suited for civilian life, just as our clothes were ill-suited for military life on those bus rides so long ago. Without a home or furnishings with little to go on from disability that covers nothing but a few necessities, to VA letting us down, to clearances that were not processed before out-processing so the government could save a nickel and our veterans lose out on the jobs they are designed to fill. The stereotypes that follow vets and the companies that fail to see our value, these are not lists of grievances, these are lists of reality for vets. Not all experience these things or some only varying degrees, but they are real problems, and they will not talk about them. They will not speak to their constant bombardment in their hearts and souls, because we were trained not to. The pop of a firecracker or something as simplistic as a fork scraping a plate can set the wheels in motion. The ever-present, ever-looming reality and weight of the experiences we left behind, the restlessness, the sweating, the nightmares, the guilt— all are palpable and they haunt us at our most vulnerable times. The medicine never dulls the pain. The drink never quenches the thirst. The only thing that truly can help might very well be struggling the same way or were lost on the battlefield or worse, lost to the 22 that take their life every day. The unit that supported us, the unit that we face these things together, the unit that understood is not available for many. And that level of loneliness and despair is the deepest and most tragic part of this story. Every veteran's story is different. It deserves to be heard. Some experienced everything I have said and are nodding in complete agreement. 
Some experienced none of these things to the level of detail that I described, and that is what makes it so damn important to listen. When we went through this, we saw a hundred people just like us leave that processing station, but we all came out with something different. We all came out with a unique set of skills that deserve to be recognized. We came out with different hardships that deserve to be addressed. But most importantly, we are so very unique in the way we handle our internal conflict. Veterans are not heroes. Heroes are the ones who left their lives in service to their country. They are the fallen. We will not park in veteran-only spaces at the local stores because we always know that there is someone more deserving out there. We don't want medals. We don't want parades. We simply want you to know and understand is that you will never understand and we don't expect you to understand. When you thank us for our service, we simply may look in the, you in the eye and shake your hand or look down hu- in humility and honest reflection. None of that has to do with you, and you never make us feel any other way than proud and appreciative for the attempts to say thank you. In fact, this is why Veterans Day isn't a day we often celebrate to the level that others do. We're not defined by our service. And we are trying to adjust to a life that is very different than what we were accustomed to. We are proud. We are empowered. But we are reflective. But we do not need a special day of remembrance. We are veterans every day. No matter what we did or where we go, we will always be. So thank us as often as you can. We have been asked if we can receive a hug and that's okay. We sometimes receive a coin pressed firmly into our hand. Other times we are offered a discount on a meal. These are all very real and amazing efforts to recognize our service. But for us, we live this every day, and we couldn't escape it if we tried. So, Peter, I appreciate your effort to connect the dots. I also think that your intent was noble in design, but we didn't do it for the recognition. We didn't do it for ice cream or a free Sunday at Applebee's. We did it for our brothers and sisters that we call family. We just didn't know the reason until it was already upon us. We are the brotherhood and sisterhood in arms. We are the strongest parts of our society and the most vulnerable. We all wanted to be Captain America. We all wanted to make a difference. We all wanted to be the very best at what we attempted. But the reality is we are human. We are many. And we couldn't forget each other if we tried. Because it is what we were looking for on that bus ride into the unknown so long ago. We just didn't know it at the time folks thank you for watching tonight i hope you enjoyed the show i will go out like i always do every single night with the veteran crisis hotline 1-800-273-8255 press 122 veterans a day commit suicide it is too damn many please reach out to the brothers and sisters in arms they are your family they are your friends your uncles your cousins your aunts it takes one phone call to check in on them especially during the holiday season that number increases take the time reach out to a vet provide them this number They will never, ever be disclosed. It is 100% anonymous, and they can use this to get the help that they need. PTS, traumatic brain injury, depression, anxiety are all very real. They need your help. And if you are a civilian and you're not military, this number is still for you. They will never turn anybody away. Folks, please do me a favor. Like, share, and subscribe if you like what you heard tonight. If you didn't, 
That's okay. Maybe I'm not your particular brand of vodka, or maybe 252 will be better. Either way, come back at 8.30 Eastern, Monday through Friday. We'll be on tomorrow with Amy and others. I will have some after show in just a minute. God bless America. God bless all my family and friends who are still in. I think about you every day. Good night, everybody. I'll be back in just a second. Thank you.